Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Thanks for joining today. Really quickly, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast so that you're always in the know and you never miss an episode. Be sure to share the show with a few friends too. Now, today... New York Giants defensive back Dane Belton joins us to talk more about his journey from the NFL combine to being drafted to playing his rookie season with the Giants. Dane played college football at the University of Iowa, and he was drafted by the Giants in the fourth round of the 2022 NFL draft as the 114th overall pick. On the show, you'll also hear Dane discuss overcoming an injury, playing in an NFL game in the U.K., And he'll also share what he likes about the Giants organization and why they have a world-class culture. Have a listen in. Hey, Dane. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you here inside the huddle with us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me again. We've been talking about having you back on the show, so I'm excited that you're here. Last time that you were on, it was a part of my Path to the Draft series last season, and it was as you were getting ready for the NFL Combine. So let's start our conversation there. What was the combine experience like for you? The combine, you know, overall is a blessing. Definitely blessed to be in that position to be selected to go and show my abilities. But I say overall, it's a stressful time. So much riding on your performance, you know, long days. You're not getting a lot of sleep early mornings and just making sure whatever you're doing, you're doing your best, even just walking from meetings and, and doing everything. So it's definitely a stressful time, but it's an extreme blessing for sure. A lot of people see on TV the the on-the-field drills, and that's what they think the combine is about. But there's a lot more that goes into it, as you know. Besides that, you've got interviews, you're meeting with teams, with other staff members, you've got medical stuff. So there's a lot of things, long days for sure, while you're out there in Indy. And I'm glad I got to see you while I was out there. So you ran a 4-4-3-40. How did that feel for you, running such a great 40? I feel really great, just knowing that that was one of my knocks coming out. Even just going back to high school, a lot of people thought I was slow until they really like saw me you know, on the field. So being able to just silence, you know, people criticizing, you know, my speed, just being able to uh, do what I know I could do and show them that was was really great. And when you look back on that combine experience, what is the big thing you'll take away from just that experience as a whole? As a whole, it would just be, you know, your preparation takes you where you want to be. I feel like that whole process training the Tampa with yo. Just being able to pick at the little things to make sure, you know, I'm firing on all cylinders and letting my ability take over. So just knowing that all the preparation I did got me to where I, exactly where I wanted to be. When you put in work, you can succeed for sure. And you mentioned Yo Murphy. You did your pre-combine training with him down at the House of Athlete Tampa. And Yo does a phenomenal job. So I always got to give Yo a shout out and the whole team. Was there anything that Yo said to you while you guys were in Indy kind of getting ready for the on-the-field performances just to kind of keep you locked in? Yeah, he just told me, you know, your adrenaline is going to be kicking. And once you go out there, it's, you're going to be doing, you know, what you're doing is second nature. You've been doing it for so long. We've been training for so long. So 
don't be too nervous. You just go out there and perform. And, you know, I just feel like he was extremely correct. You know, you just go out there and it's things you did multiple times over the past weeks and months. And it just, like I said, your abilities took over. You start having fun. And it's really just like doing what you love. And you did a great job there. And let's fast forward a few weeks later, you had Iowa's Pro Day. And so for Pro Day, there were 10 players from Iowa there. 31 NFL teams had scouts. The only team that wasn't in attendance was the Rams. How was that like after going through Combine, which is a series of days, it's not just one day to perform. And then you've had a great Combine, you were going to perform Pro Day. What was that like for you? Did you feel a lot of pressure or how was that? I feel like I didn't feel pressure at all. You know, I feel like most of my heavy lifting was out the way. Like I said, the 40 was a big thing for me. A lot of people wanted to see that speed. You know, I took care of that at the Combine. So at my Pro Day, I only did a, a few drills, sorry, a few like events and then did, you know, DB drills and, you know, DB drills you've been doing, you know, my whole life. So that is second nature. And then just a couple of events as far as like I did bench press at Pro Day, 5-10-5 in the L drill. And so I feel like for me, a lot different from some of the other guys that only had Pro Day, you know, they had to do everything right there. And so they probably were feeling how I was feeling at the combine, you know, a little nervous going in and you want to perform well. But for me, it was like I only have these few events that I know I'm going to do well in and just do DB drills. And other than that, just talking to scouts. So, you know, I feel like it was a, it was a fun time for me getting to see my teammates again and just perform one last time together. After Pro Day, the NFL draft was another about a month after that. And in between there, you can do 30 visits and talking with teams and workouts and stuff. What was that period like for you leading up to the draft? It wasn't too bad. You just continue to do a Zoom beans. You know, I met in-person visit with the Bucks. You know, I took a 30 with the Giants as well. Other than that, you know, you're just getting back to football training, you know, getting back to position specific drills, you know, getting back to that, that shape the, where you can play successfully, you know, on the field. It was really a good time, you know, knowing that you got all the the technical running and, and technique stuff out of the way and you're getting back to, you know, football drills. And the nice thing about social media and the internet is there's so much information at your hands all the time, but then there's also so much information. So people are talking about where they're projecting you to go in terms of draft round. Were you looking at any of that stuff? How do you feel? And I'm, I'm sure you've had family or other people are telling you what they're reading. What's going through your mind during that time? Yeah, I would say early on, I definitely would look at it because I just had so many big range of places where, you know, people project me. But, you know, I realized talking with my agent who talked directly with, you know, team personnel and just getting the those reports back with the Iowa as well, just knowing that some people said I was going to go undrafted. Realizing that, you know, they don't know as much they do. and It's not a knock to them. You know, they're doing their job and things like that. But, you know, for me, it wasn't helping me at all. So for me, I just started to tune it out. You know, start not to really focus on those things like that. And, you know, I definitely have family members, you know, being like, hey, this person saying this and this about you. But, you know, I knew, you know, what I had to do to get where I wanted to be. And that's all I can control. So for me, it was just going about going about those things and, and letting it fall where it be. And you were drafted in the fourth round, 114th overall pick by the Jets. What was it like seeing your name, getting the phone call from the Giants, letting them know that you were going to be part of the team? Oh, man, it was a it was a great feeling, you know, sitting in my living room with my family and just being there and getting that call. You know, it was a surreal moment being there and enjoying it with them, knowing that they were a big part of me getting there. It was just a great moment overall. I, I just really cherish that moment for sure. And what was the first thing you did right after the draft? We went to the mall. We tried to get some gear for the family, some Giants gear. I had a shirt and a hat from my 30 visit. So I had it in my room. So right when I got drafted, I put it on. And so I had some gear, but we had to get the fam some gear. So we went to the mall and settled that and just, you know, hung out and had a good time. And aside from screaming, what was the first thing your mom said? 
Uh, she's like, I'm so proud of you. I just love you so much. It was just a great feeling just sharing that moment with her. And now you know the NFL is a business. And so it's fun to celebrate the draft. It's an opportunity that so many people wish they could have. So it's a great accomplishment to hear your name called. But then right after that, it's right to business. It's not like, let me just hang out and chill and party for weeks and weeks. You're to work. And so when did you, from the time of the draft to the time you showed up in New York, how long was it and what were you doing in between? I think it was less than a week. You know, we came out right away, went to a rookie minicamp. Even during that week, we had like Zoom meetings with the four rookie DBs and trying to learn the playbook as much as we could before we got to New Jersey. So, you know, we were doing that, getting ready, got up to New York, had rookie minicamp and really hit the ground running from there. It was only like a two-day rookie minicamp and then OTA started and the whole team is there. So it was really a time period where, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you to learn the playbook and perform. But, you know, I feel like I had a good grasp on it to start and it really helped me out. And just, like I said, hitting the ground running and getting right into team activities. You're someone who's been familiar with how the NFL is a business. So I don't think that was any surprise kind of transitioning into the profession of being a professional football player. But when you look at like your time at Iowa, how did the Iowa football program help you to prepare for that? Then I know also you have some other former teammates like Geno Stone and Amani Hooker who have been in the league and kind of help give you a feel for what to expect. But how did they and the Iowa program really help you to be prepared day one? I feel like there were so many things that, you know, the Iowa program and those guys helped me out. I would say first, looking at the playbook, you know, I feel like at Iowa, we had a very complex playbook. That's why they said not a lot of freshmen get to play early at Iowa. And I was fortunate to play early and just understanding, you know, how to study a dense playbook and how to use it to better yourself. You know, a lot of times people get overwhelmed and they start thinking too much on the field. But once you really start to understand the playbook, you know, you can play fast. So understanding how I best study a big playbook like that and digest it really helped me. When I got to the Giants, understanding the whole playbook, understanding the different positions and things like that. And I would just say, you know, really going about your business. Iowa, we were very focused on doing the right thing, doing what you, what you need to do and doing extra, you know, as far as getting yourself ready and things that you can prepare. And really, that just helped me, you know, in that, you know, talking to Monty Hooker and Geno Stone, just like you said, the the league's a business. So anytime you can get the upper hand, you, you should take it. So that's all you're doing. You're not going to school. You know, this is their job. So being able to use the extra time that you have to really study and, and hone in on things you need to better yourself in it really helped me because I got that foundation in Iowa. And is there something that was surprising when you showed up for rookie minicamp about like, okay, this is the business of the NFL. This is what it's like to actually be rookie for the Giants organization. Or was it pretty smooth for you? I feel like it was pretty smooth. You know, I really didn't get the start seeing the business side until, you know, towards the end. People were getting cut and things like that. And growing up, you're playing football. No one gets really gets cut. You know, your team is your team. And just seeing that was probably the first time I really realized the business. But other than that, I feel like it was really smooth hitting the ground running, like I said, and just getting to practice with the team. You play defensive back. What in your mind are the things that you feel you need to do to succeed at this position in the NFL? The most important thing is to study film and break down film. At this level, everyone's talented. Everyone's athletic. The top of the top athletes. So. What you can do to separate yourself is really studying the opponent, realizing tendencies, and that could take you so far. But other than that, you know, definitely tackling, you know, getting out breaks. And anytime you can get the ball as a defensive back, you know, you're just helping yourself out. So definitely create turnovers. Now let's fast forward a little bit. Going to your training camp, what were the things that you were really focused on in your offseason training down with Yo? in Tampa so that you can perform and be elite going into training camp? Yeah, I would say definitely explosive movements, you know, just being able to take that next step, using explosive movements, getting out breaks, you know, exploding out of those and, and, and tackling as well. 
and just, you know, keep lower body strength, upper body strength, everything to fine tune it. Because, you know, like I said, it's a different level, you know, guys are the top of top athletes. So you definitely have to be at your best in those areas. So just fine tuning each muscle, making sure they're firing and being explosive. And so that first week of training camp, what was that like? What were the fun parts of it? What did you really enjoy? That was really my only week I had a training camp before I got hurt, but it was it was good. You know, had the fans out there first time, you know, practicing in front of fans like that in the league. And it was it was fun. You know, the energy was going, you know, we had music. We're just we're doing what we do, you know, playing football and having fun together. So it was it was a great week for sure. And you mentioned it was your only week of training camp on August 1st. You ended up breaking your collarbone. And so what was that injury? Obviously, it was a painful injury, but how did that feel mentally? It's definitely tough when you have any injury, but you just started your professional football career to have that injury happen then in training camp. How was that for you? I feel like I was just getting going. I was finding the groove and I was hitting my stride, but it was a minor setback. And obviously it hurt mentally just knowing that I wasn't able to go out there and continue to show them my abilities. But like I said, I had to control what I can control. So really just hitting rehab hard and, and trying to get back as soon as possible. So that was really my mindset and it was what I was able to do. And I believe that experiences that we go through occur on purpose. They're there to help us be better at whatever it is that we're looking to do from a job perspective, but also as a person. And so when you look at how did this injury help you, how did it help you be a better player, but also how do you think it's changed you just also as a person? I guess another thing that helped me from Iowa kind of hit both points was, you know, I had an injury there and I took a time where our defensive coordinator, Coach Parker, would always say like mental reps are sometimes even better than physical reps. So Coming back to this injury, you know, I had taken a timeout, you know, I wasn't able to practice, but I was at every meeting, I was at every practice watching. And I feel like, you know, those mental reps really helped me just being able to talk with the guys after they came out the field and ask them how they how they saw that or how they why they wanted to play it a certain way and just formulating that in my mind. So when I got back out there, I could take those tips and apply it to my game. So I feel like that really helped me. You know, those mental reps went a long way. I like that because you mentioned how you took a timeout. The injury forced you to do that. But I mean, I think it's important that for all of us that we take those time outs. There's a chapter in my latest book that my listeners know I released last year called Dominate the Game. And it's about the importance of taking time outs, help you to reset, refocus. It's not just about recharging and re-energizing. That's important too. But it gives you time to just think and get those mental reps in that you mentioned, which are also important to be successful, whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's on the football field or in business. So let's talk about the season. So you've recovered from the injury and you end up getting to play this year, which is great. And the Giants is an organization. They finished the season nine, seven and one, made the playoffs, which I'm sure was exciting for you. But you guys also got to do something very fun, which was playing a game overseas. So about 15, 16 years ago, the NFL started this program called the NFL International Series where they started doing some games abroad in the UK for one, and it's expanded to multiple countries since then. And so the Giants have played in the UK two times before this year. So this is the third game in the UK, first at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. What was that like for you traveling abroad, getting to play football in another country? Oh, that was a great experience for sure. When I found out we were going to play abroad, I was super excited just because I had never traveled outside the country. So this is my first time and being able to play football out there too and just in different environment was awesome. You know, that week was was a great time being out there. Got to spend some time in London and see how that was, the environment and just playing in front of fans that even though they don't have football teams, NFL teams over here, they were really passionate. You know, it was a loud game, very interactive and just being able to come out with the win was great for sure. 
And being from Chicago, beating your specific opponent was one that I especially appreciated. So I'm sure it was a great game for you. Now, when you went to London, definitely has some cultural differences than the United States. What were some of the things that you picked up on and what were some of the places you enjoyed visiting? The food was a little different. I, I feel like they didn't ha- they don't have anything like special types of food. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad take, but maybe I need to go again and experience it. But that was just my take. And well, kind of what I experienced was that it was very similar to New York, like the the setup, the buildings, things like that, the s- different sections of the city. So it was kind of cool, you know, being up here the for a few months before then and going there was very similar. And just, you know, I feel like it was it was a great, great place to be. And I definitely would love to go back. Yeah, London is my favorite city in the world to go to. It's been a little while, but I always enjoy going there. And you're right, it is a lot like New York as well in terms of the way it's set up. The architecture is similar. It is a little bit older than New York, but it's definitely, there's some commonalities for sure. So when you look at the season, what was the most exciting part of being a member of the Giants organization for you? The culture. You know, I feel like this is my first year. And so coming into to a time where we had a successful season and just talking to guys that have been there before and just, you know, even fans saying, like, you know, this is not how it normally has been. And just being able to come in and experience that and just experience the the fans' appreciation for us and just knowing that, you know, the last few seasons, how it's been for them was was my, my favorite part, just knowing that, you know, I can contribute to the success of this team and success of the city. We talked earlier about how this is your job, being a professional athlete, and it's important no matter what your job, is to enjoy the culture of the organization, to enjoy the people that you get to work with as well. When you look at your position group, what are the things that you really like about your group? I feel like we're a very young group. You know, we have a lot of personalities for sure. A young overall group that has a lot of energy. You know, we come to work every day and and enjoy what we do. So now I feel like that's all you can ask for in a group. You know, you don't want people that are just there because they feel like they need the money. You want people there because they love the sport. And I feel like that's what we have. So it it was fun to come into work every day for sure. When you look at the culture of the Giants organization, what are some of the things that you really find make them a world-class organization? I feel like it starts from the top. You know, the owners are, are world-class owners. They they show up at practices a, a lot and just are interactive. They're not just standing up there and making the money decisions. So I feel like they value the players a lot, value what we have. So that that's awesome to see. And just you know, going down, down to the GM, Joe and Coach Daves, the leadership is, is tremendous. You know, I feel like every place I've been playing football, going down to high school, you know, I've had tremendous leadership and just a head coach and leadership figure that, you know, really is involved and really cares about you. So I feel like that's really what, you know, has fed into our success and hopefully continues in the future. And leadership is an important component of having a great organization. When you look at the leaders that you've had around you, what are the qualities that you think are necessary to have exceptional leaders? They relate to you. They aren't just looking down at you and telling you what to do or telling you how you should do things. They're right there with you, experiencing things and, and leading, you know, the group around them towards success. I feel like we have a lot of those guys, you know, a lot of older guys, but a lot of young guys that have a lot of experience that really just help you in your day to day life, help you watch film or help you give you tips and things like that to help you not only in football, but also in life. And when you look at the organizational dynamic of your teammates when you played in college at Iowa versus playing professionally with the Giants, like how does that dynamic different with your teammates? Obviously, the age is the biggest thing growing up. Every every team you're on, you know, I would say everyone's about your age and then you get to college. It's a little different, but everyone's a college student. Everyone's like maybe at most three years older than you. And so you all have that familiarity of like what everyone's going through. Life is very similar everyone's is and then you get to the league and you got you know I was 21 just turned 22 in December and you got guys on my team that are like in the 30s with 
multiple kids, married. So that's the big difference. I would say just the lifestyle people live is very different and everyone's not on the same stride in life. But I would say that's what makes it beautiful. You know, you start, you get to experience, you know, people's lifestyles, you get to talk to people and just try to understand, you know, their kind of life and, and what it is to be like in their shoes. And there's definitely a broad set of experiences, different perspectives that you get to deal with just from different stages of life that people are in. So when you look at this last season, so in week 10, you ended up playing the Texans and you had your first career interception. I think it was, it was like fourth quarter. uh, It was like a second and 25 play Davis Mills through a pass into the end zone and you caught the pick. How did that feel for you? Oh, it felt great. Kind of what I spoke on earlier, anytime you can create a turnover as a DB, that's just icing on the cake. So being able to track the ball, go up and high point it and get that turnover in the end zone. Uh, it was just great, especially at the at the point of game, like you said, fourth quarter is a close game and we just needed a play and just being able to make that play for the team and help the team out, help them win. It was a great experience of getting your first pick. You know, I had five last year in college and anytime you can get a pick is great. So when I was able to do that, it was it was awesome feeling. And you mentioned making plays happen. I mean, that's obviously important. You have to be that person that people can count on to make things happen, especially in your line of work. I mean, as you know, it's very competitive to be in the NFL. And if you're not performing, you know, there's someone that's ready to take your spot at a moment's notice. So it's definitely a lot of pressure to continue to make sure you perform. Yeah, most definitely. Like you said, it's a business. You have to perform week in and week out. So being able to take each week separately, one week you might have a great week and the next you might have a bad week, but just you know, keep going. You know, if you, every time you have the opportunity to go on the field, you know, just aim to make plays and help the team. So, you know, that's really all you can do. Now, as you look at your rookie season, one, what was the most memorable part of it? And two, what did you learn about yourself going through this last season? I would say the most memorable part was just making the playoffs and getting a win in the, in the playoffs as well. You know, a lot of people lately haven't been in the playoffs. We have had very few people on our team that have been to the playoffs. So being able to experience that my rookie year, you know, I was kind of spoiled and hopefully never had to experience not making the playoffs again. What did you learn about yourself going through this last season? I would say resiliency, having that injury, you know, early on in training camp and taking that time out, making it back and playing significant time and, you know, in the season and making plays. And then towards the end of the season, got banged up a little again and just taking time out again, but just coming back and being ready when I when I was called on. So just knowing that whenever my name is called, I'm going to go out there and do my best and make plays for the team. Now you mentioned that a number of your teammates hadn't been in the playoffs before either. So making the playoffs and preparing for that first wildcard playoff game, like were you training any differently? How did the team feel? Was there more pressure because it is the playoffs? What was that like? I feel like there wasn't that much pressure. You know, I feel like Dave's did a good job. It was just keeping us even keeled. You know, I feel like we practiced the same high intensity as we normally do and just preparation was the same. But I feel like the the experience Dave's had and just being able to explain that, you know, the, the game is going to be a different level. But at the end of the day, it's the same sport. You know, we're going to execute the same way that we have all season. Having that leadership and, and preparing the same way made it to where, you know, we really didn't feel any extra pressure. We felt like we were going out there and performing. So now we're in the off season. There's a number of months before you get back to the regular season, but there's a lot of things that go on before. There's OTAs and there's training camp. And a lot of people don't realize how much work gets done before the season begins. I mean, I think people know more about training camp, but they don't know as much about OTAs and all that work and all the preparation that you do training with Yo in the off season. So as you look at this off season, what are some of the things that you're really going to be focusing on with Yo? Definitely get my body back to 100%. You know, it's a long football season, the longest year of my life for sure. 
and just being able to make sure I'm 100% healthy and then just really getting back to the ground running, like I said, being explosive, fine-tuning those little movements that translate to football, you know, being able to continue to get my lower body strength right, just, just last you the whole season and just being able to bring those on tackles and, and get off blocks and things like that. So there's so many things that we're going to be working on. You know, I feel like my conditioning is in a, a great state right now, but just, you know, once you get back to Florida, you know, that changes a little bit with the weather. So being able to to continue to do that, because that's the biggest thing, just being able to keep going at, at a high intensity rate for as long as you can. So, so many things, but just knowing that yo is going to get me right for sure. And you're from Tampa, you train in Tampa, played at Iowa. New York is a little bit different climate than even Iowa gets cold, but not quite the same as New York. So what have been some of the differences just being in the Big Apple in New York and New Jersey compared to Tampa and Iowa? Iowa is a, is a college town and the city knows you, but outside the city is it's straight cornfields, you know, big fan base, but it's not the same. And the Big Apple, it's a, it's a big market, so many things to do. Just being able to, to concentrate during the season and, and do what you have to do. but. I would say, obviously, the weather's a lot different in Tampa. You know, I never seen snow before I got to college. And I'm blessed. It's only snowed two days here this whole winter. So that's a blessing. But other than that, it's it's been a great opportunity to be up here. And what are the, some of the things that you really like about the city? And where do you like to go? Do you have a favorite food spot you like to check out? I would say that's one of the things I love to do. They definitely have great restaurants. Definitely better than Iowa City. I've only been once. I went to Del Frisco's, I would say, a month ago. And I had one of the best takes I've ever had. But other than that, I just continue to try to branch out, you know, get some different restaurants because I know there's a lot of great ones. And just other than that, that's that's really the big thing. You know, shopping, I love to shop. So New York helps with that or maybe it hurts it being able to have so much accessibility. But, you know, just doing that and going out to eat and going to Broadway and things like that is fun. There's so much to do in New York. There's great food everywhere you go. So much culture, all kinds of museums, Broadway shows. Have you seen a Broadway show yet? And if so, what did you watch? I've seen two Broadway shows. I saw Chicago and I've seen most recently last week I went to MJ and man, MJ is crazy. That's probably the best show, movie, anything I've ever seen. And that was just a crazy performance. I would definitely go again. And I definitely want to continue to go to Broadway shows and experience those. Yeah, as you know, I'm going to New York in June. One of the things I'm really looking forward to is seeing a show. And I don't know which one yet, but going to see a show and then also just the great food that they have. So you're definitely in an awesome city. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do my two minute drill. Do you feel like it's impossible to stand out when searching for your dream job? The truth is, it is possible to get a great new job and not settle during this time of economic uncertainty. To do this, LinkedIn must be a part of your playbook. With over 700 million users across the globe, LinkedIn is a great way to expand your professional network, grow your brand, and position yourself for that job you really want. I'm so confident that LinkedIn will be a game changer for you like it has been for me. I've created a free LinkedIn checklist with tips and strategies on how to make your profile stand out. You can download it by going to www.thenextfirstdown.com and clicking there. I'll also send you emails with winning tips and strategies on job searching, interviewing, and resume writing to help set you apart from the competition and land that dream job. Now, back to our show. All right, we're back, Dane. Are you ready for me to take you through the two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions? For sure, let's do it. All right, the first question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? I would say competitive, driven, and blessed. 
great three words. What is one thing most people don't know about you? I love playing card games like spades, tongue, cribbage, a lot of card games. I just love playing. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion dollar company and why? I would go with world champion of my sport just because, you know, I've been playing the sport for so long. I love to play it. And that's like, you know, why you play the sport, you want to be at the top. You want to hoist that trophy. So I would definitely go with that one. Next question. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? Right now, I'm not reading anything. I would say I'm taking a little mental break from the season and I definitely am going to get back. I gotcha. There's nothing wrong with taking a mental break, by the way. You work hard, so definitely deserve it. Next question is, if you could have any song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? The Greatest by Rod Wave. He's my favorite artist and that song just is a great song. So I asked you that question last year and you said the same answer. So you're consistent. It doesn't change. That's my favorite song. Next question is, what would your next career move be if you were guaranteed to succeed? Probably a musical artist. You know, I've always admired, you know, musical artists. I feel like it's a lot different from football. You know, you control how successful you are. You can go in the studio whenever you want. As far as like football, you have to, it's hard to train, you know, specific drills by yourself. So being able to do that, I would say I always admire them and I would love to probably do that. Nice. Next question is, you have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? I would probably say Japan. It's just I've always wanted to go there. Hopefully, I'll get to go there soon with the fam, but I would definitely say there. That's a great place. And for those that don't know, you are half Japanese. So it's a great place to visit and kind of see your roots and experience that culture. Yeah, most definitely. All right. The bonus question is, M&M's, plain or peanut? I'm actually allergic. Oh, no. I have a lot of food allergies. <laughs> so I, I got to go with neither. I don't want to end up in the hospital. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a good thing. You don't want to be in the hospital. So what is your, if you were going to have a sweet treat, what would that be? I'm I'm really a sour guy. I love sour candy. I eat lemons, things like that. So I would probably go with anything sour is, is my go-to. Okay. And I think I've seen you posting about sour candy before too. So as we look to close the show, any last thoughts for our listeners? I appreciate the support. I appreciate you having me. And I just continue success for both of us in our careers and, and God bless. Thank you. And let people know where are you at on social media so they can follow you. Yeah. Instagram and Twitter is dbelton underscore. Follow me there and just keep up with me. Perfect. And last question for you, Dane. There is going to come a time where you're going to hang up those cleats and do something else. Do you know what you might want to get into? Yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. You know, I feel like I've looked into coaching too as well. I just want to be able to own something, you know, have my imprint on something, but also be a mentor to people. I feel like I've had so many mentors great mentors in my life, going back to coaches, yo, my family, then I want to, you know, pay it forward to the next generation. So there's so many different paths I want to get into, but definitely something that mentors. I love that. And so if there was one piece of advice that you would pass on to people, especially now going through 2023 is a year of uncertainty with the economy, recession, inflation, all this stuff, what would that piece of advice be that you would share? I would say be strong in your faith and whatever you believe in. And then just, you know, whatever you want to do, give your all. I feel like every time if you give your all in something, you're very passionate about it and you don't let your distractions deter you, you know, you'll be successful. I love that. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And hopefully I'll get to see you while I'm in New York or sometime while you're training this off season down in Tampa with yo again, shout out to the House of Athlete guys and gals there. I'll do a fantastic job. And thanks so much to everyone for listening. If you like today's episode and you haven't already done so, hit that follow button so you're always in the know and you don't miss a future episode. And also share the show with a few friends too. It's one way you can help me to move the ball. All right, thanks again for listening and we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. 
Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends, too. Next, I want you to go to GetInsideTheHuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.